Hello, beautiful people. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs About Films. We are going to be diving into the latest release from Rian Johnson, everyone's favourite director, directed a, a, a Star Wars film that I think everyone really, really liked. Uh, of course, other than that, he did the fantastic Looper and, of course, the first film in this anthology of films what is set to be but we're going to be talking about glass onion and knives out mystery which obviously follows on the back of the very successful 2019 release which is one that i absolutely adored and again rian johnson just showcasing that he is a very good writer very good director just elephant in the room i don't mind the last jedi just i think it's it's one of those it's, it's better it's much better than the rise of skywalker anyways but i i like what what rian johnson did uh, with The Last Jedi, but we'll talk about, I've, I think I've already spoke about that before, you can go check out what I thought about it in my Star Wars prequel, <laughs> Star Wars sequel uh, podcast episode that is, but no, Knives Out was one of my favourite releases of 2019, I love a good whodunit, good murder mystery, and Knives Out was just a more modern version of that, like what we see with with the Poirot films and, and this and that, and what Agatha Christie's done with, with that genre itself, I just like what Rian Johnson did with it. I thought he kind of just flipped on his head a little bit. There was arguments about Knives Out in that it didn't have much rewatch capability. Um, but I don't think this is the case with Glass Onion. I think, if anything, he probably has listened to that side of it and gone, OK, well, I'm going to write a script then that's going to be bigger, better, and, and again, have that rewatch capability to it. Because there's things in this that I can't wait to sit down and watch again. Obviously, the film is coming out on Netflix on the 23rd of December. It just hit the cinemas for a week from the 23rd of November. Um, so go check it out, as I say, because it's only going to be in cinemas for one week only. Whether they redistribute it in cinemas, I, I'd, I'd like to think, because this is definitely a film that needs to be seen on the big screen. There's nothing wrong with sitting down and watching it on Netflix, but I think for like a, a more, I don't know, that, that, like to be part of the audience laughing away and, and really kind of stuck in the thick of this who done it. It's just great to be sat in the audience and having a great time with everyone. And this film is literally a great time for all. It's very, very good. Um, really like homing in on what made the first one so good by equally like trying to top it. You know, I like the the kind of the flip side of the of the the setting for this film, you know, completely different to the first one. Whereas the first one was very, you know, winter, autumn, the leaves have fallen off the trees, this and that, really kind of homing in on that on that claustrophobic you know aesthetic of, of of the murder mystery of being all stuck in this one house granted yeah we're in a a big old mansion to say our big old house on a private island in this one but i just liked the fact that this was much more vibrant much more bright and these characters that have been put and, and written part of the script fit that hand in hand really in particular say the edward norton's and your kate hudson's and such like they really do feel like they belong on a private island lapping this up and and, and ready for a good old murder mystery weekend which completely gets flipped on its head obviously as the film revolves around eccentric billionaire miles Braun, who invites his favorite friends and dis and disruptors sorry to a private greek island for a murder mystery party when a guest actually dies it's up to the it's up to detective benoit blanc to once again solve the case and this character, like, Daniel Craig will always be remembered as one of the best Bonds, if not arguably the best Bond there is. For me, I would say that. I think that he really, like, reinvented the character for, almost for a new generation, a new audience. And the films themselves, the stories seemed, again, on a greater and grander scale. Like, they really were blockbusters, you know what I mean? I think that Craig fit that bill perfectly, like he does with this, though. I like just taking and, and seeing this character just interact more than anything like Benoit Blanc is one of the greatest characters that that's been created for cinema 
in years, you know what I mean? Like the most original. I, I love, you know, he has that 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 eccentricity about him. I love, I just love the charm and the charisma that he's got. I love that he's always just working things out. And I, I also really like that he's very, very funny when he wants to be as well. Uh, his time and his wit really kind of all stand out. But, you know, we all fell in love with him in the first one. Granted, few people don't really, weren't too fussed on his accent. I personally couldn't help but mimic it and in, do my own like version of that, I should say. But yeah, we all fell in love with that character. I think that to, to for Netflix to pick this up and to say, right, we want to make a batch more films revolving around Benoit Blanc and him going off to tackle more murder mysteries, perfect idea. It's great as well because again, I just I love the originality of this. Like, yeah, fair enough, you are going to get inspirations from other murder mysteries, in particular, say the Agatha Christie novels and such. But what I love so much about Knives Out is that it does feel like again, such more of an original idea throughout. Like, I think that it blows, for example, as much as I do love what Kenneth Branagh's doing with the Poirot films, to say I did really like Death on the Nile and, and Murder on the Orient Express and such, but I do feel that both these Knives Out films are so far above and so far superior than what they what they are. I mean, that's did no disrespect, obviously, I, and I don't want to feel like I'm butchering or even trying to say that Christie's work isn't good murder mysteries because they are the fantastic but I think from a film scale from what we see and how Rian Johnson's getting his work from script to screen and, and the cinematography aspect of it I think it all looks absolutely stunning and this film is full of stunning images imagery and it, it just really has made me more excited again for more tales including Benoit Blanc but before we dive any further in this obviously the podcast is available on Apple Spotify and Google Podcasts as to rss.com jump onto Facebook as well and search Joe Blogs About Films give us a like and a follow on there as while you're at it, leave us a review on Spotify, all of that, because that too would be great. And hit notification finally, so you can be notified on Spotify and all that jazz when the new episode is uploaded. So yeah, Glass Onion, Knives Out Mystery, as I've already said, it comes out in uh, well, on Netflix in about a month's time. It's a perfect time as well for Christmas. Like, before I realised they were releasing this in the cinemas for a week, I was so excited for like a Christmas, this to be like my Christmas viewing, you know, to sit down, to have like all the Christmas snacks and such, and to enjoy yet another Knives Out Mystery, which... I'm still going to do that <laughs> when he does drop on Netflix. I'm still going to do that. But I just feel that it has to be seen in the cinema. So I was a little bit disappointed it wasn't going to be getting, or at least thought originally, it wasn't going to be getting a um, yeah a, a, a cinema run. But it has, and that's great, I say. But the cast is, is padded out with so many fantastic names. Not only do we have the great, obviously, Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, but Edward Norton's in there, Dave Batista's in there, Kate Hudson, Janelle Monet, who is very, very good in this film. Like She has so much to do, so much on her shoulders as to kind of have that the, the comedic timings, but also have that kind of stern figure as well. Like, she's got some real great moments within this film throughout, and her interactions with everyone else as well. As the film and the mystery keeps on, un, like, un, it keeps unraveling, you're just kind of even more blown away by her performance and, and just what she's had to actually had to do in this film. But again, this is spoiler-free, so this could be very, very difficult to kind of weave... I'm going to do my absolute best, because I do not in any way want to say anything about in particular about like the outcome. I'm not going to obviously say who done it or whatever like that, but I'm just, you know, going to try my absolute best. Uh, Catherine Hahn is in this as well. Really great to see Catherine Hahn getting more of these like big films as well. I think that she, she doesn't have like an awful lot to do, but the moments that she does have, she's very, very good. Um, the other names in there is you've got Madeline Klein as well. Uh, Noah Sagan as well pops up. He's like the the like Johnny Depp to Tim Burton, obviously, in, in, in Rian Johnson's cinema world. I like, just keeps getting a nice cameo every now and then. Great laughs as well. Just keep your eye out as well throughout the film. I say keep your eye out. You're not going to miss them. There are some fantastic cameos in this as well, and that's all I'll say on that front. But having the film, as I say, on this private island for a murder mystery, 
I, I thought that everything was, like I said, I've already said it looks really vibrant, really fun. One of the things as well that needs a massive, massive like applause is the actual costume and wardrobe design for this because some of the outfits these characters wear are quite stunning. In particular, I love what they did with ben, uh, with Benoit Blanc's uh, like kind of, you know, looking so out of place because when we obviously we first meet him in Knives Out, he's like obviously suit, this and that. You, you stand a detective, whereas in this, he's kind of having to, you know, put his feet up a little bit. He's obviously invited to this luxurious private island just to enjoy the weekend away and whilst they have a murder mystery what could go possibly wrong but like everyone's got motive as well for the killings and such and that's again something that i really like to see benoit blanc just try and work it all out obviously whether he's mentally doing that or if he's actually like just again monologuing at the audience or at the at the at the remaining cast but there's something that was really great about benoit blanc in this is that he's completely like a fish out of water in this film you know, we're used to this whole, you know, calm collective. He's you know, working out as a detective, he's professional what he does. Whereas this one, it's like he's never been around these kind of people before. Like this whole rich lifestyle, we should say, this lavish lifestyle where everything, like you, anything you could possibly imagine is on this island, is on Edward Norton's private island within his absolute huge mansion, which does actually have a huge glass onion. Looks like the first one, obviously, where the knives out, we had all those knives on that massive throne that looked... No, I'm not saying well, just just a great chair, wasn't it? I was gonna say, I was gonna try and compare it to the Game of Thrones uh, throne, but it's completely different. But you know what I mean? We have that set in there, that setup, the knives pointing out, obviously pointing to the middle of the person sat in the chair. This does have a glass onion as well, but I liked just this kind of bumbling effect of Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc, who's completely not really in his comfort zone whatsoever. The other side of this as well, that this is kind of a pro and a negative for me, um, which I don't know how many other people think about this, but so the film centres as well around the pandemic, as in, I think it's set in 2020, and obviously everything, you know, we, we get to see how Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc is having to live the life of not being able to go out to do cases, this and that, which was a real nice touch because it just kind of allows us to enjoy and laugh with this character more because we get to see him in certain setups and certain situations where you're like, I would not have pictured to see you there. You know what I mean? Or to, to see you just having a bath or whatever. Like, it's just something that, like, I would not have thought we'd see in a Glass Onion film. But, like I said, the, 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 the pandemic is quite a prominent thing within this film. And my... It's a weird gripe I've got with cinema and films doing this and TV or whatever because... Um, I don't know what it is, and I could be completely... If, if anyone disagrees with this, absolutely do let me know. And and great, you know, that's what opinions, opinions matter and such. But I don't like it at the moment when films are bringing and involving the pandemic. I'm not saying that as in, I want to forget about the pandemic. It was an absolute horrendous time of, and, and, and quite a strained time of life, really. You know what I mean? Like, it was really, really difficult for a lot of people for different reasons. But, like, I don't, I don't like it as, like, a, a narrative... Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that this is where one of my negatives of the film is actually is purely on the basis that they, you know, take into account the actual pandemic and that everyone is, like I say, either breaking restriction rules or, or you know what I mean, or just like just having to live through the pandemic doing, for example, obviously Catherine, Catherine Hahn's character, you know, she's like uh, running for, I think, secretary, something like that anyways within the political world. She's doing meetings on Zoom and stuff from remotely from home and that. And I don't know, like, I use cinema as, like, an escapism. I'm, it's a very weird one, because I know that people are going to come back and say, well, hang on a minute. Well, if you like the escapism side and don't want that side, the, you know, real-life connotations are brought into film. It is true, they do. But I don't know, I think this one, with the pandemic, I think, I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a strange one to put my finger on. I just I just don't like it, basically. Like, I, I like to, I'm not saying forget about it entirely, but I like it when a film, or, like, when most films, because not everyone does this, but just, just stay clear of that. You don't necessarily need to have that... 
as a um, as a necessary. I, again, I I can see the argument in the flip. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Apologies, but I can see the flip of saying, well, we're trying to make it more real. Like this story could actually happen, so therefore it's in the real world. There was a pandemic. We're going to include it. That's fine. I get it. But for me personally, I don't really see the need for it um, unless you're doing something that is a story completely about like the, the the true lives and whatever or anything like a dramatization of certain things that maybe have happened during the pandemic i'm not sure but again i'm not too fussed on that so apologies for that little side tangent it's one of the only negatives that i really have for the film and that's just as I say my personal preference of that but back to the actual story itself and the mystery that's unfolding like everyone as i say has a motive within this for the killings that happen within the film it really does i say ramp up and i do feel that you get such a great, again, world building, learning about these new characters, because that's the thing as well, it's not just a case of same characters from the first one, here you go again. Obviously, they couldn't possibly do that, the mystery was solved and the case was closed. So now we get to see and, and learn about how these friends all know each other, how like Edward Norton is kind of, let's say, the, the rich friend that's helped them out in more ways than, than none, as I say. There's just some great chemistry and get great relationships, and all the way through, you kind of like what is going to be the tipping point? If anything's going to, if, if someone's going to go, what would it be? And they say, there's so many like kind of finger pointing at different people, but I like the, the mystery and the puzzle that the film leads you down. I like using the word puzzle because they get invited by, as I say, um, a puzzle piece, a puzzle board that ends up coming their way. And uh, yeah, the cast obviously has to work them out. I've not even mentioned Leslie Odom Jr. as well. Sorry, he's part of the main cast as well. Great character, say, within the, the, like the scientists and such that, again, has ties with Edward Norton. They're, like I said, everyone in this film does have a tie with Edward Norton. And it's like kind of like, well, let's see how this one plays. And this is the thing about the rewatch capability is that I know that there'll be things that were said throughout and when the mission's unfolding, you're like, oh, okay. So now I can't wait to go back and just see if there's anything within the background or anything that kind of gives you more hints and tips as to how we actually get to the uh, to the ending um, but this is it really it's quite difficult for me to say any more than that because I don't want to give anything away I feel that the style of the film is really great the story is a very good one as well um, so going on the back of how well the first one actually did this is uh, again another great follow-up and like I said we're going to get much more of this I think the Netflix have signed on there's another film I think they, they bought the rights and obviously pitched and, and put together um a plan to release two films sorry so this is the first of those two i don't think it should stop i don't think this should stop at all i think that this is a real there's real potential to say it's a more modern murder mystery it's going to kind of you know like again like what craig did with the bond films and such it probably will end up bringing more fans into that murder mystery don't necessarily like to watch the murder mystery side of things but they might be attracted to what they see in this and, and intrigued as to where the, the film could go in, particularly with the performance as well. And obviously taking nothing away from Daniel Craig because he was absolutely stunning. But I did feel that what Rian Johnson did by kind of putting Daniel Craig and uh, Janelle Monet together really, really worked excellently well, very much so. And I feel that I say there's so much to enjoy. I say it's a very big crowd pleaser. And I'll be very surprised if anyone comes out watching this film Um not happy with it you know what i mean like it's too it's just too good like i so say you have to just kind of sit there there's this thing because it's been a bit, a bit of a busier weekend um to uh, this weekend so i just gone so since watching the film I'm, like, I'm there like trying to put the pieces together again of like certain things that i really dug about it <laughs> because it's like this sort of some things i will have probably missed anyways but even still it's a very very good film i do think that as i say there's so much there's so many layers to each character which is kind of funny saying with the layers because it's a glass onion like onion tableaus and this and that but you know Kay hudson who the her character herself has just got into awful amounts of trouble 
um, just by Twitter and stuff like that. Again, I I do like that the, the the I guess this is the thing I've just been talking about the pandemic and that, but it is a more modern contemporary murder mystery. So I guess that if we're going to be using the likes of Twitter and stuff like that, and you know, Twitch that's mentioned as well with Dave Batista and stuff like that, I get I, I guess that you, you, I guess you can include the pandemic. I'll let I'll let Ryan Johnson off in this one. I'll let him off because as I say, it's a very good uh, edition and um, look forward to seeing what happens next. But don't get me wrong, you'll be blown away by the sets, the costume, the performances as well. Very all-in-all all good film for 2022. Thumbs up. Looking forward to more Knives Out Mysteries. Out of 10, this is an 8. I think a solid 8. The first one for me is a 9 out of 10, so this one just falls short of it. You could argue at some level it could be an 8.5, but I think I'm going to reserve that for when I watch it again. But I really did dig this, and I'm very much happy that I managed to get it to see it at the cinema within its one-week run. So do do so if you get chance. Fingers crossed they will extend it because it needs to be seen on the big screen. But I can't wait to watch this again on Netflix all the same. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Do let me know your thoughts. If you've seen Knives Out 2, well, sorry, not Knives Out 2. If you've seen Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery, let me know. Give me your thoughts. I would love to have a good old chinwag about the twists and turns the film takes you on. All that aside, thank you so much, as always. Until the next episode, take care.